0: I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. And just not a cloud in the sky, and I found that out yesterday when I decided to sit by the pool and get a little vitamin D. Well, I got more than I bargained for, and uh, didn't realize it till I was getting ready to go to dinner last night and looked in the mirror, and yeah, looks like a lobster, but it's not burning up. But at least my good friend, Lee Stewart, can't call me powder anymore because legs got burned, too. So that's a plus. A little bit of pain, a little bit of color, and life is good. Okay, if you have any comments or questions, you can call in at 888-627-6008 or 323 744 You can also listen to it on iHeartRadio. And there is a number to call in at 631-359-9353, and you can hear the show. On the subscription rates, I talk about this, starts at $299, goes to $49.99. What is the difference? The difference is what you think the content is worth. You don't get a medallion, you don't get a participation trophy, or anything like that. It's just, do you think it's worth $299? Or do you think it's worth up to $49.99? The choice is yours. This Wednesday, I gave my first breast cancer relationship speech with Dr. Nikisha McDaniel-Connor of Magnolia Chiropractor in downtown Irving, Texas. And I will tell you, It was a lot of fun, and it was very informative. Now, there was a whole lot of estrogen, as I was the only male in the group. But uh, Dr. Connor did her bit is on essential oils. And uh, I know I will be getting one, if not two. Uh, Frankincense was one, and the other is... Deep Blue, I think, but I will talk to her Tuesday. The thing is, it was really, I mean, my daughter's a massage therapist, and she had talked about them, but uh, Dr. Connor really explained them in layman's terms. She didn't get into all the science behind it, but you could tell she's very schooled in it. She knows what she's talking about, and she won't lead you astray. And that was really neat. But then she is from a small town in Arkansas, has a very successful chiropractic uh, practice in Irving. But she's very down home, and she's not going to give you grief. She is. She and her staff are there to help in any way they can. You got a problem, and if they can't address it, then They'll direct you to someone that can. I know in the last year, with some of the health issues I've had, she has taken a great interest in all the medical records, all of the scans, all the MRIs, all the x rays, and the evaluations and write ups afterwards suggesting what steps I should take to, especially my back, address my back issues. So it's not like, come in, give us your money. We'll see you on the next visit. She really does take a interest in her patients. And uh, she has a very bubbly personality, but she, she grew up on a farm. She's still a farm girl and she hasn't forgotten her roots but it was very informative. And, uh, I want to thank Patty, Jennifer, Diana, and the other two gals. I forgot their name. I've got to get the one who works the front desk, but, uh, it was very informative and we do look forward to doing this again. She wants to do it in October, which is breast cancer month, which obviously I'm going to sign up for that. Say absolutely. But if we can, Do three of these a year, maybe four. That could be a good thing. But uh, everyone was, all the information was well received. I had one goof in my presentation, but we picked that up when we were all standing around talking. And one of those was does cancer like alcohol, and the answer is yes. So if you get diagnosed with any form of cancer and you drink, stop. Stop immediately, because if you don't, you are feeding it, and you're just, you know, it's just going to thrive as it did in uh, my love, Debbie. If you like Mexican food, You've got to come to Alexander's at 1055 Regal Row in Dallas, Texas. That's right off of 183 in the Sterling Hotel. I love their food. They've got really good hot sauce. The place I used to go, Denal's, they burned down like three years ago and decided not to rebuild. But they had the best hot sauce in town, and it was actually hot. It came out warm. Oh, that stuff was so good. Well, what Alexander serves is just as good. It's not warm, but it's just as good. I just wish they would come up with regular tea instead of peach tea. I'm just not a peach tea fan, but you know, that's a personal preference. I'm sure there's plenty of you out there that like peach tea. Sadly, I'm not one of them, but. They don't skimp you on the quantities. The prices are affordable. I know when I get the Junior Burrito, I'm not going to eat it all. I don't know if I could have eaten that much when I was in my teens. This thing is like the size of a football. I know that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's about the same length. And that is easily two meals. So if you're in the Dallas area, you're looking for a good Mexican restaurant place. Alexander's in Dallas. Now, they're not open on the weekends because they work events. But they are open Monday through Friday. What is it? 10 to 5, I believe, are their hours. So stop by, get lunch, get you an early dinner. It's well worth the time. And last night, it was Friday night dinner. And I was running a little late, but you know, no big deal because I thought my buddy Wes was going to join. But due to, let's just be honest, poor planning, he wasn't able to make it. But still, it was a really good time chatting with Jerry and Patty and finding out that Jerry's. Back on the road to recovery, he has, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce the disease he has. I'm sure Patty's trying to type it down to say, this is what it is. Well, it's about, it's like a German word. It's about this long, and my tongue would get twisted in it. But basically, he can't produce red blood cells, and his iron was really getting low. So he got a two-pint transfusion, and it was good to see him back in spirits because I said, man, I needed you Wednesday night. There there was so much estrogen there. At least we could have counteracted just a touch of that and uh, watched these gals just come unglued. But it was a really good time. Dinner went really well. Everything was good. Got to watch the Rangers. What a great game that was. Didn't start out that way, but uh, I'll say I'll get into that in a little bit. But that offense is becoming resilient, extremely resilient. They are not giving up. I can remember. Teams in the past that once they got behind, they just kind of packed it in. You can see them getting their gear ready. They couldn't wait to get to the locker room, go home, go to the bars, go to dinner, whatever they do. These guys aren't giving up and they're slowly coming together. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, not sure how many of the folks from FFE Trucking are listening, but if you are, you can. Type in the chat box to let me know. That would be good. And the Woodall Foundation, I've talked about them multiple times. I'm not sure if they're still selling the... I'm not sure what the sign language sign is they have on it, but they are raising money for the refugees in Ukraine, especially the deaf. That's what they aspire to and focus on. They minister to the deaf in Moldova. They they do the work of the Lord. That's all there is to it. Daniel and Becky are just really good people. They're raising a great family, and they are true Christians, which I know right now In this political time, it's a bad name, but uh, you want to see what it's like to do the work of Jesus and spread the word, contribute to the Woodall Foundation Fund. You can find them on Facebook. It's what they do. They aren't lining their pockets with money and living an extravagant, outlandish lifestyle. They have a modest home. They have enough for their family. But their concentration is helping those in need. And look them up. Help them out. It would be great. Now we might be able to go a little longer today. We're not sure. At about the 2.30 mark, I will get a message. So I will really focus on baseball and uh, I guess politics today, but really Memorial Day. I mean, this holiday is losing its importance. And that's because of the left and they're wanting to rewrite history. Hell, I was – On my memories, the speech that um, Sam Elliott gives to honor this veteran, there's a warning on it. Sensitive material. What type of bullshit is that sensitive material? And I started reading about World War II in sixth grade. I didn't know anything about it, really. I knew my dad had served, but we never talked about it. I wasn't interested. And there were these real thick books in the library. And... I think at least two of my friends, Mike Ricks was one. We got in a competition, who could read them the fastest. And there were like two or three books in this series. Well, I love to read anyway, but it really exploded when I was twelve because I got fascinated with the topic. Well, the competition was long over, and I'm reading every book in our school library on World War II. And then I started buying Valentine had this series. Each book is a dollar. Bookstore across the street, across Sheridan, had a slew of them. And I just became fascinated with it. Well, there were pictures in there battle pictures, wounded and dead soldiers. It didn't damage me, it didn't hurt my psyche, but all these pissant, pussy liberals, everything hurts them. But you don't need to see that. Remember 9-11 when the media said, you don't need to see these people falling out of buildings. Yeah, we do. Because that's what fires up a people. That's what is embedded in their minds. You don't forget those images and you know what you're fighting for. Just like the pictures of Pearl Harbor with all the battleships burning and the wounded and dead soldiers, the burned ones from all that oil in the harbor that infuriated this country. And they rose to a height of solidarity. We haven't seen since. Well, we saw it for like one week after 9-11. Other than that, it just disappeared. I mean, remember when San Francisco said the fire department can't have American flags on the trucks because it might offend someone? Screw you! And your liberal bullshit. This is the United States of America. You don't like that flag? Get the hell out. And I'm going to get into that in baseball, but before I get fired up, I need to stay calm, cool, and collect. So this is a poem that I wrote. I think it was back in 2014 to honor the men and women that have served our country and it's entitled salute the streets are lined again the crowd bustles about a few stores are open for patrons children pull at their parents pants he takes it all in with grim determination the past enough far behind the assembly area is full of activity organizers scurry about with a purpose for some it is their first for him it is a lifetime of honor the clock approaches 10 a.m the crowd becomes restless as children squirm some stand by the curb for a good view others are hoisted to shoulders some sit on lawn chairs wondering why they came his eyes never waver from the street a gunshot is heard It marks the beginning of the festivities. The shot makes him shudder. He thinks back of youth lost. He remembers the deep snow, the hot tropics, the smell of cordite. He forces a tear back. A cadence booms far away. Is it the sound of gunfire or is it a lost memory? His eyes strain to see the coming spectacle. One by one. The lead cars slowly pass by. He politely waves with acknowledging eyes. The children jostle for the bits of candy tossed. Moms and dads tossle with the little ones. He pays them no mind, for they are only children. What do they know of the cost? His hands gently move over his brass buttons, making sure no wrinkles show. His medals all highly polished. The eagle shines brightly from his cover. Again, he fights a tear. He knows why he came. He knows the pain and the cost. He was there. He held men in pain. He saw lives extinguished in a blink. He fights back the memories, the cries of help, the cries of sorrow, the sounds of battle. The memories are a heavy weight. A toddler accidentally bumps into a wheel. The chair wobbles just a bit. He places a kind smile to the tot. The child retreats to his parents. There, there they are. The sight of the banners fills him with pride. He knows what it still stands for. He knows the price of letting it blow. The closer they approach, the past creeps in with each perfect step. St. Mary Glees, Khan, Falais, and Pistone. Was it only yesterday Joe fell, or was it Billy? It matters not, for many followed them at Saigon, Quezon, Huey, and Tet. He remembered. The letters to parents of those who fell he never met. Tarawa, Tinian, Peleliu, Iwo Jima, and Okinawa. He wears the pains of many with the medals. They performed when called. They shirked nothing, yet sacrificed all. The memories over almost almost overwhelm him with pride and grief. A weathered hand gently pats his right hand. Sammy, are you ready? The voice is strong, yet comforting comforting. Yes, Martha. They're closer now. He pushes the locks on the chair, braces his hands, and prepares to rise to pay tribute for those before and to come. A tear slides down his weathered face. A young voice is barely audible as the banner becomes brighter and closer. Look, Mommy, that man is crying. Why? Her face turns a light scarlet. They are 10 meters in closing. He summons the strength to stand. He struggles to rise. He must rise. He must pay tribute. They are all his brothers. He can no longer raise a rifle for safety. He can only stand in honor for those fallen. The effort becomes more difficult each passing year. His strength fails when he needs it most. He curses softly as his body fails. They are only five meters away. He must rise and stand. Two young, strong hands appear from the crowd. Without a word, they lift him up, ever standing vigil for balance. He looks neither left or right, but straight into the past. The colors of the armed forces are now two meters away. He straightens a crooked back, adjusts his cover, and with the forgotten strength of youth, raises his right hand and salutes the colors. The young men return the salute and stop. The crowd stares in odd silence, for the commander has stopped the parade. They stand as straight as a pillar, neither looking left or right. The commander barks an order. The men take one step forward and lower the colors. They stand one meter from the old soldier. The parade is stopped. Organizers frantically ran about. The cause is unknown. Then they see it. He wasn't in the program, but they feel something in the air. Is it electricity or something more? The commander barks another order. The group returns a solid salute. They salute the man and what he wears, a small blue ribbon attached to a five point medal. The young commander approaches his brother. The street is hushed in silence and the words flow. Thank you from a very grateful nation, General. He fights back the tears and the memory. He fights for balance, yet the strong hands assist his weakened aged limbs. No, comes a choked response. Thank you for remembering us. The tears pour freely. The emotions of fallen comrades erupts as he weeps, never wavering with his salute. For an instant, life has become an eternity, like a giant force, The crowd faces the men, and without any prompting or fanfare, apply and return the sloop to the men. The general slowly slides back into the chair. The squad returns to the street, each deep in thought as their tears also fall. Without a word, they proceed forward. The parade resumes, but with a new force, a force of arms, a force of purpose. A force displaying pride and freedom. It is Memorial Day for the fallen. Martha till next year. I really like that one. <clears throat> it sums up feelings that have, that are being lost in this country. And that's why on the book review, there are two about World War Two. Descent into the Darkness by Edward Raymer and Sacrificial Lamps by Bill Sholin. And if you haven't read either one of these books, then you are missing out on the courage and bravery that generation went through. Descent into Darkness is about the salvaged efforts at Pearl Harbor after the attack. Of the six battleships, only two were not recovered. Arizona, because her back was broken. And the Oklahoma, because she was just, when they flipped her back right side up, they really tore the hell out of her, and she just became a storage unit. But... All the other ones were recovered, repaired, and went into battle. West Virginia, California, Maryland, Tennessee, they were all salvaged, refitted, rearmed, and went to rake revenge for that horrible surprise attack on December 7, 1941. Well, the book is about the divers that had to do the work in total darkness. They, they tried lamps, but because of the silt and that bunker oil, the lights blinded them. So they did all of their work blind. They had to rely on their tenders up above and their chief To go through the blueprints of the ship to identify where they were and how they could work around. And they did all of this in, I can't imagine that, six hours in pitch darkness working on a ship. And they were also tasked with the recovery of remains. And each diver that first time they ran into a dead sailor just unnerved them. But as time went on, they got as used to it as possible, but it still was an eerie feeling because it would all describe, they knew they weren't alone in the darkness. They could feel the bodies floating around them. And they treated it with as much reverence as possible. I mean, you, you cannot get sick and vomit when you're in these diving suits. You drowned yourself. But it was, what a great book. Just great book. And the other one, Sacrificial Lambs, I'm going to read my full review on it. These were destroyers, destroyer escorts, and was it LCTs, I believe? They were the outer ring to protect our fleet at Okinawa from the kamikaze attacks. And they knew their mission was to shoot down as many planes as possible before they crashed into their ship, possibly destroying it and killing many of their fellow sailors. So here's my review. We've all read about D-Day, Midway, Stalingrad, etc. We've even read a few accounts of the havoc kamikazes rained on our naval forces in the Pacific. But never have I read such a comprehensive account of every ship starting with the Philippine campaign through the harrowing, home-jarring, fear-infested waters of Okinawa. Mr. Sholin served on the USS Ren D-568. After 50 years of facing death of his comrades, many of whom didn't return, decided it was time to tell the story of the picket line that separated the main invasion fleet from the swarms of suicide bombers that were hell-bent on sinking every one of our ships for their emperor. The Russians had Stalingrad. Those in Europe had the bulge. Our Navy had the picket line. Unlike the first two, you could see and identify the enemy. The latter knew who the enemy was, but not where they were or how they were going to attack them. Think about that for a minute. You know you're going to be attacked. Sometimes you have support. Other times you don't. What you don't know is at what time, how many, and what direction. That is what these brave men faced during their time on the line day, on the line day and night. That's right. There was no break. Being at at GQ for 48 hours was the norm, not the oddity. The photos in the book are horrifying, yet inspiring at the same time. Many of them show the enemy barreling down on them, and yet the gunners remain at station doing their best to save their ship and their crewmates. If that's not bravery, I don't know what is. And I can still picture, this is how impactful this book and this photo is. The cameraman is in a gun well. There is a Japanese plane no more than 20 feet from the ship, and it's coming right at him. And he's not running for cover. And you can see the men in the foreground with their pom-poms pointed at the plane shooting. They're not running. They're doing their damnedest to shoot that Jap down and save their ship. And if the word Jap offends you too damn bad because that's what they were during this war. I actually used that word in a conversation, I don't know, six months ago or so, and this guy goes, well, why do you call them that? And I said, because we're talking about World War II, and that's what they were referred to. I'm not going to be politically correct. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There were nips. There were Japs. they were the enemy. That was it. You don't know, like history, too bad. As I neared the end of the book, I wondered what the repair yard workers were thinking as the burned, battered, blood-soaked wrecks came in for repairs or cut up for scrap. I'm sure many read the papers about the beating our boys were taking, but it didn't paint the actual picture until the ships pulled in under their own power with assistance from tugs. Imagine the horror of being on the gang that had to assess the damage, then cut out the remains of their fellow brave brethren who died for their freedoms. Personally, I can. I'm so grateful to Patty and Jerry Perry for loaning me this treasure of history. If not for them, I would never have heard of this excellent work. That's a five-star review. What a great book. And Mr. Sholin pulled no punches. He told it like it was. And that's what a history book should be. Not some fluff, fluff, B, S, P, C, crap. This is the way it was. This is what we went through. And Into Darkness is the same way. Mr. Raymer could have doctored it and taken out some of their antics as sailors and divers what they did when they were on leave and the gals they hooked up with but he didn't it's like this is what happened this is the way it is this is the way it was and nothing's going to change that you might not like it you might think it's ridiculous it's like well that was childish behavior well too bad that's history Good, bad, or indifference its history, and it was his. And this was Mr. Shulens. History is there to learn from, not decide if it offends you or not. If it offends you too damn bad. But that is not the same thing as this CRT crap that all the people on the left just think should be taught to our kids. I was taught about slavery. I can still remember the pictures of the slave boats. But what they didn't tell us is that uh, just how it all started, per se. They just told us the American side. They didn't talk about the African side and how they were rounding up these rival tribes and selling them to the white man, to the Dutch. And then the Dutch was doing business with England, and then England was bringing them over to the New World. Yeah, they didn't talk about that. They wanted to sugarcoat it. What was it? Guyana just about a couple of years ago gave some BS apology for being the kink, the linchpin of the slave trade in Africa. How come people aren't storming their embassies and demanding reparations from them? Because they're all a bunch of ignorant pussies that if a history book hit them in the side of the head, they'd probably just drop dead because they didn't know what it was. Okay. Oh, I hope I don't get too fired up. The other book, Only the Ball Was White by Robert Peterson. <clears throat> you all know I love baseball. It is my favorite sport. In fact, is that what's on right now? Yeah, it's the replay from last night's game because the rain. well, it's over, but the Rangers are getting ready to play at three oh five, and this is going to be a really could be they win today. They've had a great road trip. Hallelujah! In fact, that would mean I mean they they dropped three in Houston out of four, but they split with the Angels. They win today. Then that's a five hundred road trip, and that's what you want on the road because that's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, ten games. They win today. They're 500 on the road. Then when tomorrow, that would just be outstanding because they got to come home and play Tampa Bay, and uh, that's going to be a challenge because they got four with them, and Tampa is chasing the Yankees. But only the ball was white. So what does that mean? Well, that's exactly what it means. The ball is white. All the players are black. And is a great Mr. Uh, Robert Peterson. Does an excellent job tracking the Negro leagues. At the turn of the 20th century and how they struggled and how teams formed and how they fell apart and came back. And he talks about Josh Gibson and Satchel Page, all the top black players of the day, the Kansas City Monarchs, the Cuban Giants, which was really interesting because the Cuban Giants were allowed to play american teams because the baseball people thought they were all cuban they didn't realize that there were blacks from the united states that got picked up by the cuban giants and came to the states that's how ignorant some of the people in the united states were back then they just thought they were cubans because they were dark-skinned and played for a cuban team no they were Guys from the United States want to play professional baseball, and they got to do it in a Cuban uniform. How's that for irony? I thought that was pretty damn interesting, just to say the least. Okay. But it is Memorial Day weekend. And, you know, there's a meme out there posted by liberals, of course. God that this is the weekend that I won't complain about high prices. And there's this couple, family at a gas station, and they're in front of a veterans cemetery. Well, you know, some of those people won't be able to afford to go. Thank you, Joe. This is what liberals don't get. Their heads so far up their ass, a thought would kill them. How many people won't be able to go because they've got to decide can I afford to drive 100 miles and gas is 4.50 a gallon or $5 a gallon transitory inflation my ass you dumb ass god liberals are stupid just stupid yeah all Do I want to go to the grocery store and be able to buy food or do I have the money to go see my grandfather or my father that's 90 miles away, 60 miles away, that's a 120 mile round trip? How does that affect my budget? When we have to think about that, folks, there's something seriously wrong with this country. And if you can't see that, then you need to buy a plexiglass stomach from me with the windshield wiper attachment. That's all there is to it. though a stupid mem because they're admitting that inflation is out of control, yet they turn around and deny it's actually going on. How ignorant can you be? I cannot fathom the depths of their stupidity. I just can't do it. And then you call it tell them they're hypocritical and they don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you missed the point. No, I didn't miss the point. I would have a choice. Do I want to go to Kaufman and see the World War, the Vietnam Wall? Well, I got to think about that. Let's see, how many miles is it to Kaufman there and back? Am I going to eat while I'm there? Yeah, I got to think about that because am I going to have enough fuel for the next week based on my pay? Well, if you're extremely wealthy, what do you care? And that's the problem with most of these people. They are wealthy. So they don't care because it doesn't affect them, but they think they know better than everyone else and they don't know a damn thing. I'm sorry. I try and be nonpartisan at times, but not, not this weekend. Not with this BS they keep pushing. God, I and I'll get into this other one later, but what? No, Oh, okay. Stop. I could talk about irritating commercials, but I'm not going to because they're all irritating. And uh, I said on the last episode, you know, you got that old woman, those two, Two moron drivers, oh, I appreciate you, no, I appreciate you, I appreciate you more. That woman should have pulled a dirty hairy, walked out with a 44 Magnum and said, move your goat smelling asses or I'm going to end this discussion. That's the part of the commercial I want to see at the end. I'm sure that wouldn't go over well, but I don't give a damn. Get the hell out of the way shit or get off the pot it really is that simple okay news anchors who can watch them i mean who in their right mind can watch these people i can't yeah i have to tune in maybe a painful five to ten minutes maybe twice a week to see what these bobbleheads are babbling and that's all they are is babbling bobbleheads and that's every network out there every one of them i know bill hammer said something and i just shook my head again it's like god bill the more you talk you're starting to sound like dana farino and she doesn't have a thought either this is just appalling what the networks are putting out and call news it ain't news it's all Is they say, well, thanks for joining my show. Thanks for joining my show. It's all a damn show. Look up the definition of show in the dictionary. You won't see N E W S in there, will you? Hell no, you won't. Not at all. Damn. God. And, you know, I'll just say briefly this gal I got in a debate with over one of my COVID posts says you need to turn off fox news woman how many times have i told you i don't watch them but she's so been propagandized by the left that she doesn't remember anything we had the same debate today that we had something like six weeks six months ago it's like do you forget i'll just i just infuriates me that's okay <clears throat> the war in Ukraine. Hey, folks, what's going on in Ukraine? Well, that was the toast to the town for two months. And I told you all what was going to happen. Whether you believed me or not, even when I had uh, Robert Smith on, we talked about this. There haven't been any major offenses. Because of the weather. Now that's starting to change. I haven't looked up the forecast lately for Kiev and Kharkov. But uh, June's coming. June is offensive weather month. I mean, look at the Germans. June 21st. Barbarossa, 1941. What a Huge blunder that was, you dumbass Adolf, <clears throat> taking on the Soviet Union. <clears throat> you should have studied your history a little better and realized this is not the thing to do. But, you know, in retrospect, it's a damn good thing he did invade. Because if Hitler would have left their alliance intact, that they the non-aggression alliance they signed, in 1939, a month before Germany invaded Poland, which hey folks, you know Russia got uh, a third of Poland out of that deal too. Yeah, we might we might have lost World War Two because Germany would have put all their forces, built up a navy, knocked out England secured North Africa and the Middle East, and then focused on building up their forces to the point that the United States or Russia, but they wouldn't have been fighting a two-front war. Of course, when Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, Hitler was infuriated, for those that don't know. Because he didn't want the United States in this war. He knew that if we got into it, our manufacturing base would outproduce Germany, Italy, and Japan, of which we did. He didn't want us involved until 43 or 44, where he had secured all of his goals in Europe and Eastern Europe. Because if you'd have had them, then he could focus. But I don't think it would have been successful, even though I did read a Life article that came out in the 60s. Could the United States have been invaded by Germany and Japan? Well, Japan had the Navy. Germany didn't. Germany had U-boats. They didn't have a functioning task force Navy. They had... Pocket battleships, cruisers. They had the Tirpitz and the Bismarck. They didn't have, they had one aircraft carrier that never sailed, the Graf Spay. No, it wasn't the Graf Spay. It was uh damn. That name escapes me for the moment, but they were not a naval country at all. The last big battle they fought was in World War One at Jutland, but that wasn't, Hitler just never focused on the Navy. He, he was an army guy. He was land warfare. And Donuts wasn't that big on a surface fleet. They just figured they could do what they did in World War One and have these pocket battleships, one or two, just kind of cruise around in the convoy lanes and destroy convoys. Yeah, that thinking was outmoded when they invaded Poland. They were way behind. So could they have invaded the United States? Probably not until the 50s. It had taken them that long to build up a Navy that could take on our Navy and imagine an amphibious landing. Could the Germans have pulled off an amphibious assault staging in England and Norway, sailing across the North Atlantic. Now, they're going to have to take Greenland and Iceland first because it would need those outposts. They might even think about invading the Azores and taking them. But the continental United States, yeah, that would have been a really big thing. Now, we did it. Successfully in 42 with Operation Torch when we went into North Africa. But we were able to stage some ships in England. But we went through U-boat infested waters and that invasion was successful. But that's because we had intelligent men in the military that could look forward and didn't just crush every idea that came up. I mean, that was a huge undertaking. D-Day was one thing, but invading North Africa, that was a whole different deal. We were completely untested. Our tactics were ancient, even with Patton in command of the landing force. But he knew this is a dress rehearsal. North Africa was thinly defended because Rommel, he's trying to hold off the British Eighth Army after the loss at El Alamein. And he's not thinking about his back door until we land. And then he's like, oh, hell. Now he's got a two, he's actually got a three front war because he's fighting the British coming out of Egypt. He's fighting the Americans coming out of Morocco. And he's fighting the British in the Mediterranean and the RAF in the Mediterranean. So he had four fronts. And he's trying to get supplies in. <clears throat> talk about being an advice. That was ugly. <clears throat> but getting back to the war in Ukraine, what's happened to it? How come the media isn't just minute by minute by minute by minute coverage? Because there's they don't know what to talk about. They're clueless. So now all of their attention is focused on neutrality, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, all of a sudden, Ukraine doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Why? The war is still going on. The Ukraine is winning this war. What? And that is one thing I heard of. I don't know if it was CNN or Fox, but they had a military guy on there. And I, I listened to these military experts and shake my head going, this is who's running our armed forces? What a bunch of morons. Give a straight answer. Jesus, are they winning? The answer is yes. It's not that hard to figure out. That's why the Russians blew the bridge in Kharkov, which had everyone, oh, look what they did. It's a bridge. It can be detoured within 24 hours with pontoons. My God, how do you think we got across the Rhine? Yeah, we captured the bridge at Ludendorff. but that bridge collapsed in two weeks. Was it two weeks? Yeah, I think it was in two weeks. We'd already built a pontoon bridge. Sadly, a lot of American engineers died when that bridge went down. I think it was over 200. But we have forded rivers through Europe because the Germans were blowing them all up. It's just one bridge. It's not insurmountable, but the media doesn't know that. And the general they were interviewing didn't quite grasp the whole thing. It's like, it's a bridge, so what? We have engineers that can figure out how to get around this and keep our troops moving. That's what we do. God, some of the ignorance I see. So Now, the one thing about Ukraine that I didn't get to go over in the last episode was they want to start charging the Russians with war crimes for targeting civilians. Well, let's back up just a minute, and I'm not taking anything away from our fighting people, but... You better watch the hypocrisy there because this was one thing that many of the Germans put on trial in Nuremberg were complaining about. Well, what about the United States targeting civilian targets in Japan or the RAF and the Eighth Air Force? In Europe, I mean, Tokyo, Hamburg, Cologne, Dresden. Those were cities that were wiped off the face of the earth. Dresden, it will always be debated. The Russians wanted us to do it, but there was no real purpose to do it, other than the Russians wanted us to. And we hit Dresden for two days and burned the entire part of the city out between us and the RAF. It was so hot that those streets were asphalt that people would run out of their homes that were being bombed and had caught fire and would get stuck in the streets and burned to death. Because it's tar. And if you've ever been around tar, you can't get it off of you. It's like phosphorus, and it's burning. And now you're stuck in a street that's burning. So were those war crimes? Well, obviously not. We weren't tried for it. But, I mean, if the Russians, you know, there will be acts of cowardice, People will be shot for whatever reason. I mean, I saw the pictures of the bodies in the street. Well, were they out past curfew? Were they partisans? Well, the media doesn't ask those questions. I do. I mean, all you got to do is go back to Vietnam. Who was the enemy? And the farther we got into that conflict, thank you, LBJ, it was harder to distinguish who the enemy was. Look at the Tet Offensive in 68. You know, you see that movie with Robin Williams. Good morning, Vietnam. He thought this kid was his friend. He was a BC. He didn't know the difference. We didn't know the difference back then. So maybe some of those Ukrainians were partisans. I don't know, but I'm not going to... Just use a broad stroke and say that they were indiscriminately murdered on the streets. I don't know the story. I'm sure those things happened. Now, the question is why? I don't know. But yeah, Ukraine's just kind of fallen by the wayside. It's what our press and media do. If it's not bleeding, it can't lead. And sadly, there was a whole lot of blood lost in New Valley, Texas. But before I get into that, let's talk about baseball. The Rangers are in third place. The Tigers are in last place. I don't know what's going on in Detroit. I don't get any updates here. I got off of the Detroit site because the liberals had infected it and taken it over. And I wasn't putting up with that crap, along with a lot of other conservative fans. I mean, that's all it became was an LGBT love fest. And when the Tigers changed their insignia to rainbow, it's like, screw this, I'm out. That's not what I'm here about. And that's why I did a video two years ago that's on YouTube about mixing sports and politics. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not happening. What time is? It? Well, it looks like we're going to get this extra time, which is great. So I got to give Alexanders another shout out since it is the top of the hour. Uh, If if you like Mexican food, you like good hot sauce, they're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. It's inside the Sterling Hotel. The address, again, is 1055 Regal Row, and if you want to call in an order, the number is 469-466-8160. I highly recommend it. Patty and Jerry, you must come over and we will have lunch there one day. I think you'll like it. And Jerry, we can't smoke in the restaurant, but we can go out by the pool and check out the hot women. Oh, hell no, I live at the Sterling Hotel. What was I thinking? That ain't gonna happen, but it is what it is. Now, If you have questions, comments, wanna be part of this, you can call in at 888-627-6008 or 323 744 I didn't mention this in the opening, but I also do management seminars based on my book, Cutting to the Chase. If you need help in managing your team and are tired of all the, this is what's in, this is what's hip, this is what's cool, and you spend a whole lot of money, you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and nothing changes, you call me because my book Cutting to the Chase is exactly that. In fact, Patty was my proofreader and then she got my second edition because I had made some changes and she found five more unique issues that I corrected. But she goes, you know, it's a real quick read but you have wiped away the bs which is my strong suit and i could see people in this book whether you know good managers bad managers it's like i went through this i saw these people they are out there and you very succinctly address how to deal with it how to deal with employees, how to conduct meetings. This isn't some five-volume encyclopedia of BS that a lot of management books are. This is right to the heart of the problems. Because after 35 years of construction, believe me, I saw more BS in PCism than I could shake a stick at. And I still think one of my greatest issues with an engineer was I tried for months to get him to come out to the job site. He refused to, he refused to. And if I said, I'm just going to shut the damn job down, okay? Because we've gotten to the point, we can't move further anymore. And he finally drug his goat smelling ass out there and started to proceed to tell me where he went to college, how many degrees he had, how intelligent he was. And I said, stop right there. We have yet to discuss the issue. I said, I got something in my truck I need to bring. So I went back to my truck. I picked up the item I was searching for. I walked back, and it was a roll of toilet paper. And I looked at him and said, this is more useful than all of your diplomas. Do you understand what I'm saying, you moron? I know what to do with this. Do you hear, let me wipe that crap coming out of your mouth, because that's all it is. Now, this is our problem. This is what you drew up. It won't work. What do you want to do? And when am I going to have revised prints? And he just stood there with his mouth agape, with flies, just infesting his mouth. Because I shut him the hell up. I'd had enough. Enough of the bullshit. Address the problem. It's not that hard. Address the problem at hand. He finally did. I was so mad as a hornet, just, I'm sure you find that shocking, but it is what it is. But, uh yeah, that is a seminar that I get. My phone number is 817-938-8461, or my email is jdawson41 at netzero.net. You can contact me either way, and I'm not going to break the bank. Yeah, I'm going to charge... A fair sum, but I'm not going to charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars and you get, in the end, nothing. I mean, I worked for one of the biggest contractors at the time, highway contractors. It was J.A. Tobin out of Kansas City. They were a giant. And they couldn't figure out why they were losing money. So they hired this consulting firm to come in and audit their books and audit their operations. And after $250,000, you know what they told them? We don't know what's wrong. What the hell do you mean? You don't know what's wrong. You just charged me $250,000 and you can't tell me jack shit. Well, that's the crap that goes on today. And why people get sucked into this is beyond me. I'll charge you 10 to 50, depending on how big your company is. And you will have a succinct report when it's all said and done. I'm not going to waste your time or my time. But if you want to keep spending hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars and not getting results, well, then you're a dumbass and I can't help that. Not prob- you probably don't want to hire me because that's the first thing I would tell you is, are you just stupid or ignorant because I can't figure it out? Okay, back to baseball. The Rangers are looking very promising. Simmons is Simons is finally coming around. Offensively, I'm not worried about the Rangers. And my associate Wes will agree with that. But this this defense, this Sigurd Simeon combo is not working yet. And it's time for it to click. Andres O'Dor were the greatest combination I can remember the Rangers having consistently. They knew how to turn a double play. Last night. I saw a perfect example of how not to do it. Seeger fields a ball. Simeon is standing on second base, receives the ball, and if he tries to throw it, he's going to hit the runner because he didn't do it right. He wasn't moving towards the base, timing himself to where he can receive the throw, catch it, be a step off the base and throw it first and turn two, and the Rangers dodged a bullet. That could have been a big inning for the A's, but it wasn't. But I am seeing too many of these errors between second and short, I think Seeger's already got four or five errors. Now, his batting is making up for the defense, but this has got to stop. And this crap of Heim behind the plate, I'm sorry. Jonah Heim is good at the plate. He's bad behind the plate. He had two pass balls the other night because he just, just flippantly placed his glove down. The balls went right by him. What the hell was that about? Dude, play your position. Get with the program. What is the problem? I don't understand it. We're the coaches. I don't know. And Abanias is good at third. Do not put him at first. Nate Lowe is good at first. Leave him there. Now, I need to find out what's going on with Guzman. We were discussing that at dinner last night. I don't know. I've got to look it up. I'm guessing he's still in Frisco or Round Rock, and they're working with him, but that's – what we need his his batting was horrible hell his batting wasn't any worse than joey gallows and he was starting right field all the time but that's neither here nor there now this pitching staff is shaping up gray is still a disappointment for what they're paying him he's been injured twice he gets into trouble way too quick but dunning perez and uh otto Those three guys are solid. Hearn still got a way to go. He's still looking for it. Burke has been great in relief. Moore, he's starting to show signs of coming alive. And LeClerc, that's going to take a while. Two years, he hasn't pitched. They got him back in the minors, and he's doing his warm-ups. He's getting back into a routine. I don't see him being effective until, say, July. Do I think the Rangers will win their division? No. No, because so far they've only played two strong teams. They played the Yankees and lost two out of three. Was it two out of three? Let me look at my schedule. When they played, how long was that Yankees series? Come on, Jeff, pull your head out. Yeah, it was a three-game series. Two out of three. Then they went to Houston when they started this road trip and lost three out of four. Now, those those were pretty good games. But still, you want to be a competitor, you've got to be able to knock off the top dogs. And that's why, let's see, Tampa Bay is coming into town. Who do they got after that? The White Sox. If the White Sox are doing okay. Well, then they got to go. No, that's. Jeff, you're in the wrong damn month. Then Seattle comes into town. Seattle's not lighting it up. Cleveland, that might be a decent test. The White Sox, maybe Houston again. They're going to play my lackluster Tigers up in Detroit. They should stomp them like a bad habit, but we'll see. But they've had a pretty soft schedule so far, which is good for a team. That is rebuilding, and is trying to get a new identity. I am very optimistic. I have I have a bet with my friend Wes. Rangers are going to go eighty and eighty-two, and he said, "Hella freeze over," and I said, "We'll get ready to buy your parka in your snowshoes because it's going to happen. If not, I got to buy them two dinners at Dunstans." Okay. But what a great, and then this week, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend. And I reflect back to, has it been 13 years? It's been 13 years since Debbie passed. And she and her girls came down here for a game. What a fun weekend that was. And it would be her last baseball game, but, uh, She was so excited The her youngest daughter really didn't give a damn. And I told her, I'll never take another ball game. The oldest one, she was just focused because our seats were like 15 rows back from first base. My oldest son, Justin, was there and it was like 80 degrees. It was a beautiful day at the ballpark, but that is the weekend that I realized how Viral, the cancer was in her because when that game was over, you know, for most of us, in a mid 80 degree day, it's just perfect. We feel good, we're happy. Her energy was slowly getting sapped out of her to the point that Justin and I had to walk her hand in hand back to the truck so she could get there. And I couldn't get the AC on fast enough for her to cool down, but that's when I realized. This is really getting bad. Look at that. The Rangers are starting off with a double. I like that. Yes. This was a 305 start, and that was Seager. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. So keep the bats going. But I just love, I, I love this game, and I wish he was here and we could go to more, but. Uh, As I said in the breast cancer relationship presentation, what it comes down to is you have a choice. You can get your yearly checkups or you don't. And if you don't, and and even if if you do get diagnosed with it but don't want to attack it and ask for help, then I guarantee you the only thing left will be a book written about you as a memory and your name engraved in granite. If that's what you want, it's a choice. Get checked out or become a, become a memory. I don't know if we'd have reunited earlier, if uh, I could have helped her fight it, maybe. Doesn't mean it would have been successful, but I don't know. That's something I will always ponder is, could I have done more? Okay. God, I love baseball, and I love Debbie. And I miss Bears, I miss Bears so much this time of year. I miss him coming to my room, smoking a few cigarettes, watching the game, talking about it and watching his reactions because he would get so animated. But we have to move forward and relish the memories of the past. That's all we can do. Okay, now let's talk about morons and politics because there is so much to go around, it makes me sick. And of course, it was my liberal associates that posted this about Steve Kerr's impassionate speech about HR8, you know, the House passed it, now if the Senate, if 50 senators would just pass it, this shit wouldn't happen anymore. Well, before I found H.R. 8, I had to see, gee, I wonder if Steve, what Steve Kerr thought about the Georgia voting bill. Well, surprise, surprise, another hardline dumbass liberal was on the bandwagon with all the other morons that hadn't read the bill about voter suppression well they just had a primary and have you heard anything from any of the media sources that there was voter suppression of course not did anyone have a problem in voting of course not so far it looks like it was a clean primary but this is them what they, they do just so well as they talk through their ass without a thought behind it and Steve Kerr really showed his ass because you know something i looked up h.r. 8 okay it's all of eight pages and i'm gonna read it to you and you tell me if this would have stopped the shooting in Uvalde, texas because that's exactly what he was spouting off that if they'd have signed this bill this wouldn't have happened you dumbass that's all you are so here's the bill this act may be cited as the bar bipartisan background checks act the purpose of this act is to utilize the current background checks process in the united states the current background checks okay that means we already have background checks in place prohibited from gun purchase or possession are not able to obtain firearms blah 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 it shall be unlawful for any person who is not a licensed importer licensed manufacturer or licensed dealer to transfer a firearm To any other person who is not so licensed unless a licensed importer, licensed manufacturer or licensed dealer has first taken possession of the firearm for the purpose of complying with subsection T. Upon taking possession of a firearm under subparagraph A, a licensee shall comply with all requirements of this chapter as if the license were transferring the firearm from the inventory of the licensee to the unlicensed transferee. Why can't they just speak in plain English? If a transfer of a firearm described in subparagraph A will not be completed for any reason after a licensee takes possession <coughs> of the firearm, including because of the transfer of the firearm to or receipt of the firearm by. The transfer, would violate this chapter. The return of the firearm to the transfer by the licensee shall not constitute the transfer of a firearm for purposes of this chapter. And they wonder why people don't understand the law or a judge says your ignorance of the law is not a good defense. Well, when you have language like that, it's the perfect defense. A law enforcement agency or any law enforcement officer armed private security professional or a member of the armed forces to the extent the officer professional or member is acting within the course and scope of employment and official duties. This is who it doesn't apply to, a transfer or exchange, which for purposes of this subsection means an in-kind transfer of a firearm of the same type or value. That is a loan or bona fide gift between spouses, between domestic partners, between parents and their children, including step-parents and their step-children, between siblings, between aunts or uncles and their nieces or nephews, or between grandparents and their grandchildren, and the whole damn McCoy clan, if the transfer has no reason to believe that the transfer will use or intends to use the firearm in a crime or is permitted, prohibited from possessing firearms under state or federal law. We already have these laws on the books. But I can give you a weapon if I don't think you're going to do anyone physical harm. Yeah, like I'm going to say I need to borrow that weapon because I'm going to go shoot a squirrel when I actually want to go across the street and shoot that dumb son of a bitch who killed my dog. A transfer to an executor, administrator, trustee, or personal representative of an estate, or a trust that occurs by operation of law upon the death of another person. A temporary transfer that is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm, including harm to self-family, household members, or others, if the possession by the transferee lasts only as long as immediately necessary, to prevent the imminent death or great bodily harm, including Harmed himself in the harm of domestic violence, dating, partner violence, sexual assault, stalking, and domestic abuse. A transfer that is approved by the Attorney General under this subsection. A temporary transfer if the transferee has no reason to believe that the transferree will use or intend to use the firearm in a crime or is prohibited from possessing firearms under state or federal law and the transfer takes place and the transfers. Possession of the firearm is exclusively at a shooting range or in a shooting gallery or other area designated for the purpose of target shooting. Let's think about Chris Kyle for a moment. Remember what he was doing with that Marine and taking him to the range? Well, that guy didn't exhibit any emotions of resent against Chris, but uh, he gave him that weapon. He killed Chris Kyle he didn't state his intentions while reasonably necessary for the purpose of hunting trapping pest control pest control on a farm or ranch or fishing if the transfer has no reason to believe that the transferee intends to use the firearm in a place where it is illegal and has reason to believe that the transferee will comply with all licensing and permit requirements for such hunting trapping pest control on a farm or ranch or fishing or while in the presence of the transfer it shall be unlawful for a licensed importer, licensed manufacturer, licensed dealer to transfer possession of or title to a firearm to another person who is not so licensed unless the importer, manufacturer, or dealer has provided such other person with the notice of the prohibition under paragraph one and such other person has certified that such other person has been provided with this notice on a form prescribed by the attorney general. The Attorney General shall make available to any persons licensed under this chapter both Spanish and English versions of the form required for the conduct of a background check under subsection T in this subsection and the notice and form required under paragraph 3 of this subsection. Nothing in this act or any amendment made by this act shall be construed to authorize the establishment directly or indirectly of a National Firearms Registry. Interfere with the authority of a state under Section 927 of Title 18. The United States go to enact the law on the same subject matter as this act. The amendment made by Subsection A and B shall take effect 100 days after the date of enactment of this act. Pass the House of Representatives March 11, 2021. Who the and how the hell is that Steve Kerr going to stop this guy Ramos from killing those kids? It's not. But you're too stupid to understand that. But you want to go off and give some ridiculous press conference and say, I am so sick and tired of talking about this. Well, why don't you just focus on basketball and stay the hell out of politics? But then that's what our celebrities think they can do is listen to me. I know better. You don't know jack shit. And HRA wouldn't have done anything to prevent this catastrophe, you moron but you can't see that. You're just having a knee-jerkpedia jerk reaction like every other damn liberal does. They don't think, they don't research, they just squawk. I mean, what do I see? Policy and change, that's the big thing. Okay, what policy and what change do you want? We have background checks. As I understand, this guy passed his background check, but here's the one thing the media hasn't done. This is a Spanish guy that went into a Spanish school and killed Spanish kids. Have you heard the media say that? But no, when the white guy went into Buffalo and killed those people, it was a white guy. He was a white, ultra right, racist supremacist that distinctly picked out this black neighborhood. So that had to be a race hate crime. Well, what is this? A Mexican goes in and kills Mexican kids? And adults? What the hell is that? Why isn't that the lead story? Because that blows the narrative out of the water of the left. And you know, the NRA had their meeting in Houston. And guys like, you know, Abbott said he was going to U Valley. Well, I really don't know what you're gonna do, Greg. I really don't. But I mean Yeah, you need to show up, but Crenshaw bailed, Abbott bailed, Corrin bailed, why? Because you think it's politically incorrect or you don't have the backbone to show up and identify that this is the perfect forum. To talk about gun safety, responsible ownership, and common sense legislation. You think those people at the NRA are cheering what this Mexican Hispanic did to all these kids? If you do, you're sick. But then... Right after the shooting, of course, I did catch where CNN was attacking the NRA again. <clears throat> I am sick of this crap. Just sick of it. They want to politicize everything. Everything's got to be politicized. What would have stopped this guy from killing those kids. You know, now we're getting reports, and, and I just here's another problem I have with the media. Everybody wanted to be first, even though I caught a clip from Fox and that was Bill Hammer. Well, we don't want to be first, we want to be accurate. And then we find out that all the BS that they all the networks were spouting for 48 hours was a bunch of crap. Because they had to make up their story. Who's that? Who's the black guy with Fox? Lawrence something and he was interviewing a sheriff and he had to tell him, well, I'm conducting my own investigation. What are you gonna investigate? You're in the way, get the hell out of the way. You are taking up valuable time and space. And now if what we're hearing is true, that the school police didn't act for 40 minutes or something. The city police. And I saw one guy, one of my friends, he was like, We need to sue the police department into oblivion. Okay, sue the police department into oblivion. And who's gonna enforce the damn law? You just wiped out that you just wiped out their police force with lawsuits. They have no more money. They're broke. So now we have no police, period. Well, what sense does that make? But everybody wants to find fault. They want to be able to blame somebody so they feel better. They're ignoring the kids that were killed, the teachers that were killed, the parents that will grieve. And then in this grieving part, I God, I forgot what show it was, but what's this guy's name? Fred Gutenberg, God, what an angry liberal he is. His daughter was killed at Parkland. And all he can say is that Ted Cruz needs to resign. And he listed a couple other Republicans and that it's their fault this shooting happened. Someone tell me how that's true. You tell me What action could have been taken As I understand, I didn't research this, but that this guy legally obtained the firearm. Well, if he went through the background checks and everything worked out. Okay. Did he snap? Of course, everybody wants to talk about mental illness. That's a cop-out. This guy had a plan. He executed his plan. How's that mental illness? And they killed him. So he probably knew when he started this rampage that that would be the end of it, but he didn't care. That's not mental illness. That's a lack of authority and a lack of light, a a lack of appreciation of life. So where is this coming from? You know, you got Kamala Kamala Harris, who's just the epitome of stupidity. You know, the root causes of immigration. Well, how has that worked out? It hasn't. The border is still being flooded. She's a failure. The root causes of the Russians attacking Ukraine. Well, you got this big country, Russia, and this little country, Ukraine, and the, and the big country attacked Ukraine. She just needs a muzzle on her. Someone go to Petco and muzzle her ignorant mouth. Because the only thing it's good for is when she's wearing knee pads. Ask Brown, or her, ask Brown in California, or her husband. That's about all it's good for because everything else that comes out of it is absolutely useless, stupid, and bullshit. Better term is just bullshit. Well, I can go back. I'm a child of the 60s. I went through public school. I was a safety guard or crossing guard, whatever you wanted to call it. Junior high, high school. Yeah, we had kids that got in trouble. Some got suspended. Some got expelled. But that's because we respected authority. And then the liberals got into the school districts. Well, you can't do that to Johnny or Susie, they, they can wear what they want to. They can have their hair as long as they want to. They can do this. They can do that. You're suppressing their ability to express themselves, well, this is what it's led to. Nobody respects law enforcement and teachers anymore, because there's no penalty if they screw up. So why would they think there's going to be a penalty in real life? Look at all the riots in 2020, and they burned down Minneapolis, LA, St. Louis, New York, destroyed billions of dollars in property, took over portions of Seattle. What were the consequences of their actions? None. You got Garcon in LA releasing the criminals. No bail. Set no bail. Let them all go. Open up the prisons. They did it during COVID. What do you expect you're going to do to a society? You are destroying it at a rapid pace. And this is the end result. When people don't respect law, when they don't want order and they ignore authority, this is what you get. You get people that are going to do whatever the hell they want to and get away with it or die in the process. But they have no compassion. The left wants to bitch about Roe versus Wade being overturned and how now all of a sudden it's women's right. It's a woman's, she can make up her mind. She can choose what she does with a life. Yet it's the same people upset that, you know, it It gets so enmeshed in hypocrisy. It just makes my head spin. They mourn for these children that were just murdered in Uvalde, but they hail the mother who has a fetus ripped out of her body because she didn't want it. How does that work? How does that balance a society's values? It doesn't. It throws it all out of kilter, and that's where we're at. You know, we are the third largest populous country in the world. China, India, the United States. That's the way it goes. Well, you know, Biden has his Asiatic tour. Why is there no crime in uh, China? Well, one, they're not going to broadcast it. And two, it's a communist country under military rule. And they get rid of people real quick that uh, dissent. North Korea, why, you hear much crime about North Korea? No. Japan, well, Japan got their ass pretty well handed to them at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So uh, they're following the constitution MacArthur made up for them. So they're not going to get out of line. I mean, we don't have a gun problem. We have a governance problem. And for 40 years, the liberals have attacked it and whittled away at it. And this is what they get. And now they don't understand it. I mean, look at Chicago. I know when I was researching this like two or three months ago, they'll exceed their murder rate this year. Then in like the last 10 years how come that's not front page news well it's a liberal city we can't have that we can't be held accountable this is the problem no one is held accountable anymore you see it in the business world you see it with your kids you you see it across the board i'm not responsible or accountable and i'll do whatever the hell i want to just like this bumbling Biden talking about forgiving the student loan debts, I don't know, 10,000 or plus or something. I can do what I want to and I don't have to pay it back. I'm not responsible. And that's what they have bred is a generation of people that don't give a damn and don't feel they have to answer to anybody. Well, when you do that, this is what you get. When the police is hands are tied behind their back which they are on a daily basis you can't protect the streets it's ridiculous and that's what i love about the show blue bloods because they show both sides of the aisle uh, of the issues especially the grandfather when he was the police commissioner back in the good old days when they could beat people's heads in And they got answers and they stopped crying because, you know, that's what Giuliani did when he came in. They cleaned that city up. It was out of control. Well, they're headed right back there. I think Chicago's there. L.A., not far behind. Dallas, luckily we've been spared so far. Police can't do a thing. They have to be reactive and not proactive. You know, uh, what was the policy New York City had? Stop and frisk? It worked. Oh, well, the Supreme Court said it violates their civil rights. Screw their civil rights. You are stopping a crime before it happens. Isn't that what we want police to do? Yes, we don't want them to be abusive, but let them do their job. Let's stop the crime before it happens let's stop the shooter before he kills 19 kids and two teachers let's stop it before not after but the liberals oh you're 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 hurting them oh you've upset them oh they need a comfort dog or they they need a donut or oh shut the hell up they need their ass kicked and told if you do this we're going to do this to you. In fact, we're not going to wait for you to do it. We're going to put you away before you do it. You know, it, it's it's like this. It, the, the hypocrisy is so pathetic. Like, there's a baseball story out there where, uh, God, th- this just made me sick when I read about it. We all know who Jackie Robinson was. He broke the color barrier. Now, he actually didn't break it. It was the owner of the Dodgers that broke it, Branch Ritchie. He agreed to hire Jackie. He agreed to take that step forward. Branch Rickey. broke the color barrier. But Branch Ricky isn't going to be on the field. It's going to be Jackie. Jackie's going to take all the abuse, and Branch told him that, said, man, This ain't going to be easy by a long stretch. You're really going to have to stay quiet and just focus on the game and don't listen to what people say, which they had a lot to say. Just like when Hank Aaron was about to break Babe Ruth's record. You know, this is in the 70s. Don't think Hank didn't get death threats. He did. And a lot of people weren't happy that a black man was about to beat Babe Ruth's record. I didn't care. I read the book, Hammering Hank. I bought it when I was 12 at one of the book fairs in elementary school. I idolized Hank Aaron. I idolized Babe Ruth. They're both great baseball players. But this, the White Sox have a guy by the name of Anderson. What's his first name? Dumbass, I think or it should be, is it Tim Anderson? Yeah. That he had an altercation with Donaldson. And apparently they had a long-running joke where Donaldson referred to him as Jackie. And this guy, he's an embarrassment to the game. I mean, he thinks he's Jackie Robinson. Not by a long haul. Not even close. You couldn't hold a candle to Jackie Robinson. What you are is an arrogant, egotistical dumbass. You have these horrendous backflips. You're always trying to show people up. You're always showing your ass. And then when Donaldson makes a, called him Jackie, well, Anderson got his panties in a wad. And then here comes Aaron Boone. Oh, he's another liberal. He shouldn't have said that. White Sox manager Tony La Russa called it racist. Oh, What did these old men know? Just focus on baseball. If Donaldson and Anderson had been doing this since, what did it say, 2019, And now these guys want to weigh in like Tim Kerr did with no knowledge, no context, nothing but cover your ass, just CYA. That's what's wrong with America. That's why kids are getting killed. Nobody wants to be accountable and everybody wants to blame somebody for not being accountable. How the hell does that work and does that make sense to you? It doesn't make a damn bit of sense to me. That's the state we're in. This is what the liberals have been working on for 40 years. Well, congratulations. 19 kids are dead because of your stupidity. Are you happy with that? Oh, but they won't admit to that. No, they'll blame the NRA. They'll blame the Republicans like this moron, Fred Guttenberg. He's just angry. That's all he is. He's just angry. And it's all the Republicans' fault. And, you know, you, you saw this meme pop up because of what Kerr said, that it's 50 Republicans that caused this. 50 Republicans didn't cause it. 50 Democrats didn't cause it. Your failed policies is what has caused it that you've been doing for 40 years. But you all are too ignorant to wake up and see. That's the problem. That is the problem. Good Lord. You know, I I just don't know where this is going. I don't know what can be done. You can't pass a law against evil that's the only mem that made any sense evil is going to be evil period you can't legislate that you got to be proactive you've got to put law and order back in the schools you got bad kids you throw them out you don't set up alternative school, so you can continue to collect the money because that student is in school and folks, that's the way it works. That's why they came up with alternative school. Well, we got 50 kids that we should suspend or expel and someone said, hey, but if they're gone, then we're not gonna get that money each week or each month, however they get paid. So they came up with alternative schools so they could still get the money And they still got these kids that have no business being in school on campus causing problems. What sense does that make? Liberals were responsible for that. Pure and simple. They came up with that bullshit AS crap all. It should have been ASS for ass. Alternative school system. How's that? It's all about the money. Do you hear anybody clamoring about that? No. That's where the problem has started. And this is what it has festered into. And now I'll go back to this COVID debate because this was about accountability. that this she's a really sweet gal but she's extremely misguided because she has bought into all the left-wing propaganda and she's told me that on the phone she believes everything that ABC says I've tried to watch ABC and I just might as well throw up on myself or take a dump in my pants because that's about how accurate their reporting is and uh Because, yeah, I'm blaming Biden. And I post it every Sunday on my page. Biden has exceeded by far all of the cases that Trump had, that he had to deal with, all of the deaths that Trump had to deal with. Remember those memes before the election of how Trump had killed over 250,000 voters? Well, we breached a million. Guess who's got the lion share now? But she goes, well, it was the anti-vaxxers and this, that, and the other. And you should stop watching Fox News and blah, blah, blah. And it's not Biden's fault. Yeah, the hell it is. Well, Biden put together the War Powers Act for the production of the vaccines. He did not. Trump is the one that did all of that. And then you had, but then you had Pelosi and uh, Schumer and Biden, No, Biden-Harris, and I think maybe Pelosi and Schumer, but Biden-Harris for sure said, we're not taking the vaccine shot if it's Trump's. It wasn't Trump's vaccine. It was the researchers. It was AstraZeneca. It was Johnson & Johnson. It was Moderna. It was their vaccine. It wasn't Trump's. Trump gave them the money to do it. And yet they got the vaccine shot in December after saying they wouldn't get it. If Trump was in charge, well, Trump was still in charge. And so we went into the polio debate. And and it's just, it is so hard to discuss something with these people when they, while they just keep repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating, and there's nothing to repeat because there was nothing behind it. The polio vaccine, I've had this discussion with a lot of people. We as children, I got the polio vaccine. You know why I got it? Because when they came up with it, parents said, you're not giving that to our kids, period. You're going to put a live polio vaccine into our kids? Have you lost your ever loving mind? It ain't going to happen. Well, they decided quietly that, well, if you want your kids to go to school, they got to get vaccinated. Oh, now parents are faced with the lesser of two evils. Do we want them underfoot all day long or do we want them in school? Okay. Give them the shot, get them in school. It was a choice. But the other question I ask is, did your parents get the polio vaccine? I don't think mine did. I could be wrong. Dad might have, well, dad couldn't have gotten it because he hadn't developed it in 42 when he joined the military. But did our parents line up to get the shot? I remember going to the gyms and getting all of these vaccines. I don't remember parents getting them. And yes, we did eradicate polio. But it was a choice. And then she talked about that they've been working on a vaccine since uh, 2005, I think. Was it five? Uh, On the MNRA. Well, if that's the case, then I guess the WHO and the CDC were caught with their pants down with COVID. And it took 10 years to develop the polio vaccine. Well, let's say if it was 2005, 10 years would be 2015. So then they should have had something ready to go for 2019 and they didn't. And what a screwed up mess. And I'm one of the few that wasn't looking to assign blame, per se, as much as bad policy. But when they politicized COVID, when the left politicized COVID and blamed Trump for everything, they blamed him for travel restrictions, travel bans. I mean, he was xenophobic. He was misogynist. He was everything. He was a racist when he cut off travel to China. He was vilified over that. And, you know, part of the other debate was, uh, well, Trump said it's just like the flu. Well, that's because he said it, because that's what Fauci said. And for those that don't remember, Fauci was very emphatic that it would not hit the United States. How did that work out? You want to assign blame? Look at him. So is he not take, is he not got the CDC on board and taking precautions to make sure it doesn't get here? Is he not up there talking about travel bans? No. He was like the rest of the liberals and waited until it exploded in the tri-state area and then started looking for scapegoats and someone else to assign blame to instead of themselves. And when you have thinking like that, you have shootings. Horrific, heinous shootings because you have a society and oh i hate that word i hate that word i had to take a sociology class in oklahoma state and i think i got a d in it because i just thought what a bunch of crap all of this is and it was just like this commercial offer of fathers dot bullshit something where this dad is like, I hope my kids grow up into a more inclusive and gentler society. You pussy. That's all you are. Be a man. Oh, I'm so exhausted after dealing with my kids all day. Look, you moron. I was a single parent running a company, woke up at six, went to bed at midnight, and I wasn't asking for a more inclusive and kinder, gentler society. I wanted my kids to under respect law, order, and authority, and do what they were told to do. <clears throat> and I'd like to say they did it, but God, that commercial sums up America in more words than I can say. I, I it's a palling a bunch of damn pussies is what are being raised no spine by god if this our greatest generation is rolling over in their grave just like that meme of the couple at the gas station i'm not going to bitch about higher prices this weekend <clears throat> that is not what our grandfathers and fathers fought for they fought for freedom not government stranglement and poor policies. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is what they fought for. And this current administration is doing its damnedest to destroy every one of those. That is not what 200... uh, Four hundred and seventeen thousand men and women died for in World War Two, or the fifty eight thousand in Vietnam, the thirty five thousand in Korea. Good Lord. But when you have people who wanna politicize everything, and I mean everything, then you wind up where we are today in one hell of a mess. And the only way we're gonna get out of this, and I've mentioned this many times, our form of government isn't working. The Republicans aren't going to agree with the Democrats. The Democrats aren't going to agree with the Republicans. And all we do is get gridlocked. So the Republicans take over the House and the Senate in 2022. What's going to be different? All they're going to do, for the most part, is tell Biden, we're not going to approve any of your bills. Instead of going in and saying, you've really screwed the pooch and we are going to start erasing the damage you did. No, they won't do that they'll sit there and talk about the 2024 election. That's what and that's what they're posturing for. It's just like when Biden was elected and Trump was elected. Everybody was positioning for the next presidential election instead of trying to get things done that are good for the country. They did what's good for themselves and their party. Well, That won't happen in a uh, dictatorial autocracy. All that shit, all that BS will be wiped out. And people will be held accountable on both sides of the aisle. You are traitors to the United States of America. Your policies have intentionally tried to undermine and destroy this country. That is an act of treason because you declared war on this country. And until we see politicians being held accountable for their policies, and I'm not talking about their sexual misconduct, why isn't that idiot from California in jail for sleeping with a Chinese spy? When someone like that can get away with doing that, well, you can get away with doing anything. He's still on the intelligence committee. How does that work out? Sleeping with a Chinese spy? When people support that, this is what you get. You get lawlessness. You get people that don't give two dams about anyone else's life but their own, and they don't even care about their own because they're willing to die for whatever stupid, heinous, egregious act they're about to carry out. Because they're not accountable at all. Well, I think that just about covers it all. And I really wasn't prepared to go two hours. (laughs) But I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, I try and get the negativity out of my life. I mean, every morning, except for today, I will walk one and a half to two miles, and I have one prayer, Lord, heal my body, body, mind, heart, and soul. And I repeat that as I lap around this hotel, and that calms me, and it gives me clear thinking and peace. Yet, I know I get passionate about politics. But, you know, this is a weekend of remembrance. And if you can afford it, then go to the local VA cemetery. I've been there several times. I did it for some articles I've written in books. And honor those that gave all. In fact, uh, the History Channel is running Vietnam in HD, which is a really good documentary of what those boys went through. And those boys became men. Some wanted to go, some didn't want to go, but a whole lot of them gave it all so that we could enjoy our freedoms and our liberties. Well, thank you for listening. Leave comments and thoughts if you have any. I appreciate it. It lets me know that we have a solid listening base. And don't do what I do. Don't go sit out in the sun for a couple hours without suntan lotion and, or water because, yeah, that was a brain fart. No, I'm not going to open up my shirt because I do look like a lobster, but that's okay. But just remember what the weekend is for. It is for those that gave their lives to protect our way of life. And maybe that will remind us why we have to really look at our government and decide what type of country we want to live in. Do we want one? that supports life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or massive regulation. That's the choice. We have a choice. Enjoy the rest of your memorial holiday. Be safe. Be happy. And remember why we celebrate it. And I'm going to start it by watching this Rangers game with the A's, which is top of the third, four to nothing Texas. So we are off to a great start. Y'all have a great weekend and I will talk to you in two weeks. I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought. Check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com, on Amazon.com, websites LDDJ Enterprises and JeffDawsonAuthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook LDDJ Enterprises Publishing or email LDDJEnterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.